All right, Four Oaks Church, if you're watching this, it's Monday morning where you are. That's not what time it is here. I, I, I don't have any idea what time it is here, right? It's game day. It's game day, that's right. Oh, thanks for joining us. Um, we, of course, are in Ephesus. And one of the most significant things uh, about Paul's ministry here, it, he ministered here longer than any other church. So, so three whole years. And recall from our um, Paul, the Apostle Paul class, when Paul came from Corinth, remember he met uh, Aquila and Priscilla, and they came with him here to Ephesus at the end of his second missionary journey. Um, but Paul, that first time, did not stay very long. Um, he was going to go to Jerusalem, but what he did is he left Priscilla and Aquila um, there to kind of establish a foundation, a, a base camp for ministry. And so when Paul ultimately did return, uh, we're not sure, maybe a year later or something like that, uh, Priscilla and Aquila were already there, and then Paul joined them in the labor of the gospel. So when we think about what what, what is going to be Paul's um, recommended way to try to plant this church, okay? And so by the way, they have whole church planning conferences about this stuff, right? You got to have this, you got to have that, you got to have this. Um, and for Paul, what he did for two whole years is that he um, met in the Hall of Tyrannus. He rented, rented that out from 11 to 4 every day because that would be when um, everybody was doing their siesta. And so even slaves, other people would be able to come and listen to his, to his teaching. And I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that true revival broke out in Ephesus. Paul was here three years, if you think about that. Um, there is just an enormous response um, to the gospel and the preaching of, of God's word. Um, and the reason I say revival is that revival doesn't just impact individuals. Revival impacts a culture. Revival impacts a city. And um, as John was mentioning to us, when Paul, Paul the, the church in Ephesus grew so fast with so many people that it caused a, a massive, <coughs> massive disruption um, in every facet of life here in Ephesus. One, it really made a claim on the economic engine of the, of the, of, of the city. So. Thousands would come to Ephesus every year. They would worship at the Temple of Artemis. They would make sacrifices. And kind of like when you go to Disney World, you want to get like a mug, right? Am I the only one that wants a mug? Anyway, mug, a t-shirt, whatever. Well, when people left here after the great festival, they would take with them a little replica of the goddess Artemis, okay? And I'm, I'm sure it was printed on hats, t-shirts, whatever, right? But but. And we have discovered some of this in terms of archaeology, but um, that was a big part of the local economy. You know, just like Tallahassee, big part of our local economy is people coming into the football games. Imagine for a second if, and I don't know what would what 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 would um, conspire to make this happen, but if half the people stopped going to FSU games, well, I says okay, right, yeah, <laughs> stop going what an impact that would make on the economy, right? What, what an impact claim it would make on, on people's lives. It, restaurant owners, hotel owners, hospitality industry. Well, that's essentially what happened when, when Paul came and began preaching the gospel for these three years. 
is that as people were saved, and remember this was predominantly pagan, okay, predominantly Gentile, then they, out of um, a conviction of conscience, they just felt like we we can't, not only are we not gonna go to the temple of Artemis, okay, but everything about our life is going to be distinctive, right? We, we, we no longer can make these idols. We can no longer, and, and the people who were visiting, no longer would they buy them, okay? And so we know when you, when the gospel makes a claim, um, it makes a claim on all areas of our life. Um, and in that way, it's a disruptive force. It's a holy disruption, right? It's a holy disruption, but at the same time, it, it is nonetheless, uh, it makes a claim. And as we're gonna go see when we go up to the, to the theater in just a second, that um, Demetrius and rallied the other, you know, the, the other um, silversmiths in the area, and they started a massive riot because truly um, their livelihoods were being were being threatened. And we know that this was a tumultuous season in the life of Paul. It was a glorious season, but it was also a tumultuous season because one of the books of the Bible or letters that he wrote from here was 2 Corinthians. And when you get the sense, when you read that book, that letter, and come to understand Paul's trials, his tribulations. He says we despaired, even of even for our own lives. I think he's talking about this time, you know, when thousands were rioting, wanting to cart him off, tear him limb from limb, and he was begging to go in back into the to the literal arena to make to preach to make a speech, and then his friends convinced him otherwise. Right? It's kind of like Paul, keep your you know. We, you're still too valuable an asset. If you go in there, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna die. And just again thinking about um, Paul's sacrifice, Paul's mission, um, how Paul, you know, he had a great gospel courage because I think Paul would have always have said, "What's the worst thing that can happen to me? Is that I die? Right? <laughs> hey, to live is to live is um, to to." To, to die is the gain, to live, I'm here for you and your life. And Paul really learned to keep an open palm um, to his life in ministry. And I just think that's just like a, a super encouraging piece for us is to know, you know, what God calls us all to do. Okay? He's not necessarily to go start a riot, okay? He just calls us to be faithful in whatever our endeavor is at that given point in our life with our, with our families, our, our jobs, our churches, um, our marriages. It's how do we be faithful right now? And Paul truly emphasized this to the church in Ephesus. What was one of the things that, that Paul said in Ephesians 5, writing them? He said, be filled what? Be filled with the Spirit. And so, um, Part of what you guys have commented on is just the great different uh, distances that Paul had to travel to get to these different places. What was Paul doing all that time on the road? What do you think he was doing? He's praying, right? He's praying, he's meditating on the scriptures, he's, he's praying with his eyes open, um, and I think that's a great paradigm for us when we think about um, what does God want me to do? It's like, well, I'm gonna be faithful, but I'm gonna be in a posture of prayer, asking him to lead and guide and direct me, all right? So now.